We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Annie Howell. She's the Chief Communications Officer of Crown Media Family Networks, home to Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Home and Mysteries, and Hallmark Drama. This woman knows how to lead teams that excel in strategic communications, entertainment publicity, promotion, crisis communication, public relations, reputation management, brand launches, events, talent management, and social media, among other things. I had the privilege of meeting Annie through Women in Cable Telecommunications, WICT, and the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute, BMLI. She's won awards and recognition for her unbelievable talent in PR, communications, leadership, and her many contributions. What I appreciate most about you, Annie, is your positive energy, your sense of humor, and your kind heart. Welcome to ROG, Annie. Thank you for having me, Shannon. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Always an awesome lift to get to connect with you. How would you define generosity at work? I define generosity just in general, giving, just giving to others, right? Giving of your time, resources talent, insights, ideas, and expecting absolutely nothing in return. It's kindness, it's selflessness, and it's giving to others. That's what it means to me. Investing in others, finding ways to make a contribution. Yeah. And not once or twice for the long term. Mm, Yeah. So when you see a need, go for it. Right. Find a way to contribute. So what are some ways that you have witnessed and contributed to generosity in the workplace? Because what we're trying to help individuals and leaders experiences, what are the ways that we could be more intentional about being generous? It's such a a funny, complicated area because to simplify it, you know, people think generosity is I'll give to the Red Cross fund, you know, at the office or send somebody flowers on their birthday when it really is being generous in the mind and soul for the well-being of other people. So what that means to me is taking, really taking the time to invest in someone else, right? In their ability to succeed. You see them falling on their face because of behavior and taking them aside and very humanely and not in front of other people saying, hey, this isn't working for you. And I might have ideas on what could work for you so you can succeed and not basically shoot yourself in the foot. You know, so it's that honest conversation while also coaching, teaching, guiding helping people along, you know? Yeah. And instead of doing that, what do you sometimes see? Like when people observe another person doing something badly or behaving in a way that's not attractive, what, what do you sometimes witness even at your level? Oh, it's, we all see it, right? The gossiping, the, can you believe she did that? The talking behind the back, the complaining and not once going and talking to that person eye to eye, face to face, and having the bravery to do that. You know, and the way I view that, and it's a very hard thing to do, let's face it, you know, especially, you know, if you're someone like me who spent a lifetime 
being a you know chief enabling officer. <laughs> you know, another way to be a CEO. <laughs> yeah, I've had to separate enabling from helping. Right, you don't want to enable. You want to give people the tools to do things and think you know think on their own. But you you know to help somebody is to help make their lives better. Now, if someone's gossiping behind their back and they're never saying that, then you have to have the bravery to say, hey, have you talked to them about it? Maybe pick up the phone and, and have a conversation with them privately if that is an issue, right? So I've always, I love the idea in, in business of having a truth teller or truth tellers, right? So your little tribe, right? So you're or as some people call them, my board of directors. I've always had truth tellers in my life and in my work. And I love and adore and respect and value them more than anybody else because their truth telling is meant to help you be better. It's a gift. It is, absolutely. Even if it's hard to hear, you know that it's well-intended. That's it. And that's what you just said is the most... Is it well-intentioned? Is it meant to hurt you or help you? And if it's meant to help you, then it's a gift and it's well-intentioned. And if you can look at it that way, even if it's hard to hear, it just changes the emotion and the feeling around receiving a tough message. Right. And do you intentionally seek someone like that? Are you like, okay, I have to find my truth teller here in this new organization, or is it just something that happens organically? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a matter of trust. Who do you trust? Who, who do you know has your back? Who's asking you for feedback? And you can say returns like, hey, you ever see me do something in a meeting that you don't think is helpful? or harmful to me. I would love to know that. And I give you permission to come and tell me, right? So giving people permission to be honest with you is huge because it takes off that, well, I don't know if I should say something to her. Well, I've told you, I want to know. So when you are offering someone that level of transparency and honesty with great intent to be supportive and helpful, you know, you're the communications expert here. How do you typically set it up or what are ways in which you do it so that the recipient understands the gift that you're intending to offer them? There's a bunch of different scenarios, right? So it depends on your relationship with them and your experience with them. Like, are you a, are you their supervisor? Are you a peer? Are you a subordinate? Right? So you have to, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And it really is choosing the communication based on the audience, always, audience first, always, and what do they need, right? So depending on the situation. So with people who are my direct reports, I am a big believer in you tackle it when you see it. You don't wait for a month. You don't wait for things to escalate or get worse. You don't wait for review season to unload on them all the things you saw for a year. That's, that's really unfair. You know, so with my direct reports and they know I, I am demanding, not demeaning. You know, I love, love my quotes and sayings, but it's really important that I treat people with humanity and kindness, even when delivering difficult information. That's not to say I don't get frustrated. 
like any other human being, like we're all human, right? There's times when I'm like, and I do make a point to go back and say, I don't love the way that I delivered that message to you. And here's what I was hoping to say, but I was feeling frustrated at the time. Always bringing it back to me. I felt frustrated and here's why. And it's never about them as a person. It's what's the behavior. And I think putting, giving feedback based on a behavior, not on personality is very, very important. My whole life and my whole career, I've been told by certain bosses that I'm too much of a mother, I'm too nice. And you ask people who work for me, they'll say, nope, she's really demanding. She has high expectations. She pushes hard, but she's not a jerk about it. And if you make a mistake, I'm not going to tear you down and humiliate you. I'm going to take you aside and say, what's going on? Now let's give you a partner to help you learn that whatever skills missing, you treat people the way you'd want to be treated and you'd want your own family to be treated. That's how I view the people I work with. I know they're not family, but to me, we spend more time together than I do with my own family. And I want to treat those people with the utmost respect that a human being deserves in any scenario, even if they're messing up. And I think because of that, I have relationships that go from my very first job to this day. And I value them and I know they value me in their life. And that is hugely important to me. Absolutely. And I've known you for almost two decades, Annie. And I can say from experience, that is your brand. Your brand is that you're tough and smart and an expert and kind and generous and open and inclusive. And I think that's really important to, for everybody to listen to and take in is how do you want to be? You know, how do you want to affect people? What kind of an environment and a culture do you want to create? Not just for your big global organization, but really just for the individuals who you're responsible to on your team. And by you talking about some of the ways that you have expressed empathy and kindness, it reminds us of, it's like the simple things that go the furthest, right? It's like those investments in the human and the individuals, you're still getting the job done. Of course, you're not neglecting responsibility. You're actually taking more responsibility by saying, yes, and I'm responsible for this deadline and the culture that I'm creating. Well, thank you for that. Number one, you number two, I, 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 I believe it is a high privilege to get to lead other people. And with that privilege comes responsibility for how you bring people through the day and, and through their careers. And I take that very, very seriously. When we come back, Annie will share how to identify core values, commit to them, why they matter, and an example of when her core values guided her decisions and behavior. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you. When you visit quadpod.com, You'll see our shows listed by category as well as average episode length. Find a new podcast at QODPOD.com, the QuadPod Podcast Network. That's QODPOD.com. And we're back with more from Annie Howell. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. You know, another thing that I see you 
modeling so consistently, Annie, is your high integrity and your commitment to your values. So if it's okay for you to maybe take a step out of yourself and just try to help us understand, like, how do you do that? When has that been really difficult for you? How do you bring your core values and your integrity everywhere you go? Well, okay. So values, right? So you and I both love to coach, right? And values are a really important thing. And when you ask people what their values are, a lot of times they, they don't know how to put their finger on it. And a, a way that helped me frame it for myself, but also for others is when you get irked or upset or just like, oh, what happened? Most of the time it's because something you truly highly value was compromised in some way. Right. So for me, it's people being rude to the wait staff in a restaurant. No pleases and thank yous. I'm Canadian. I, I believe I believe in my please and thank yous like everybody else. But I mean, I put a high value on politeness. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you are. You're polite, honesty, integrity, and, and all the things that go with that. So when it's being compromised, that means you are then making a decision to check in what you value for the benefit of somebody else. And if it's something you really value, why are you doing that? And it's hard when you are at lower levels in a company, when you don't have seniority, you don't have the value of or or the benefit of time in a role for people to really know who you are. So that can be very, very difficult to not push up against that. I learned that the more I protect my values and and my integrity, the happier I was, even if it was scary. So, you know, an example of that, one job a long time ago, I was asked to basically lie to a reporter. And it was a reporter who was in a really big national paper and who I had a relationship with. This didn't really even matter. Being asked to lie to anybody, number one, checked off a big box for me. Number two, I had built my entire reputation in communications around honesty, reliability. When you have a relationship where you're working back and forth with reporters, they are relying on their sources for accurate, good information. Otherwise, now you have compromised their value in terms of putting out a story that's true. Who am I to do that? So I was asked to do it. And and believe me, I was sweating through my dress when I said no, but I said, no, I'm not doing it. And this very much higher level person told me, I'm going to make your job, I'm going to make your life miserable if you don't do this. And as I go for it and I walked away now, all the blood drained out of my face. And I immediately went to my boss and said, this just happened. And I was terrified and was pretty sure I was going to get fired. But he was like, no, absolutely not. You know, and I was proud of myself because it was scary. Definitely scary. Right. And when you're confronted with something that overt and career potentially limiting um, for you to have to really ask yourself, what, how do I want to react to this? What kind of person do I want to be? And what am I willing to risk for this person's request, because you would be risking, like you said, your reputation, your relationships, and your own self-image of who you are. And believe it or not, you and I have talked about this many times. It's a choice. No one is going to make you do something that you feel like is wrong. 
there could be consequences that you can't control, you're still making the choice. And that is what's, no one else owns that responsibility. You say yes or no, you accept the consequences, good and bad, that go along with your decision, fair or not fair, but you ultimately decide. Absolutely. And I think you're tapping on the the value of honesty and transparency and integrity. I think that also plays a part in your willingness to give people honest feedback. I also think too, like for the most part, people have good intentions. So looking at it in a way that that person's not um, being purposely malicious or doing something uh, to hurt someone else on purpose most of the time. Instead, they're in survival mode. Who knows? Like, again, that's where empathy comes in. What's going on with them? What are they worried about? What's their insecurity coming from? How can I help them navigate through that? And a lot of times when you give people like that honest feedback and with examples, you, know, you can't say, hey, you know, in that meeting, you're acting like this. What do you mean? No. In your career, you inevitably have experienced ups and downs and great relationships and not so great relationships. What's an example of a time where you were the recipient of kindness and generosity? Well, I'm happy to say that even though generosity means not expecting anything in return, it's always such an incredible feeling when it does come back to you. You know, I've had lots of ups and downs and challenges. You know, I've, uh, I was laid off at Discovery after, you know, almost you know, 11 and a half years. I loved it there. I loved that job. It just, that was business, you know, and wasn't personal. And then I ended up, they were ended, ended up being a client for years with my company, right? So that was wonderful. There was a time, however, when I got like, I got fired and like it or not, I was fired because I was protecting my values and my integrity and I wasn't backing down from them. And the person who had more power than me fired me and it hurt and it was not fair. I had done such, I know I did an incredible job there. I had a happy department. Long story short, you can easily, you you build a reputation for decades, you know, and you know, the old, you know, saying is like, it takes one second to ruin it. However, us humans are wired. You remember the one moment of really bad behavior, not the 20 years of amazing behavior, like it or not. They're like, remember the time she lost her cool in the conference room, right? That happens. So I had a colleague who had been there at, you know, for a long, long time. And I, he was just the loveliest person. We, we were, I was on the East Coast. He was on the West Coast. He called me really late at night. And he said, I, I want to offer something to you. I want to just remind you of your reputation and how you've handled yourself all these years. And he said, so don't let this moment, you know, take you down. He goes, don't let this be the moment where you don't behave the right way. He said, kill them with grace because that's who you are. He goes, kill them with grace. And I remember just sort of, it took my breath away that he would take the time to pick up a phone, call me, ask me how I was doing, and then offer that. Because I was feeling like taking somebody down. I really was. I was, I was angry and I was upset. 
And it was the most calming moment. I, I don't even know if I can emphasize how that shifted. It was like a shift. And it was, yeah, there it is. I don't want to be that person. I do want to be the graceful person. And it, you know, it really benefited me to keep going and, and to, doesn't mean I was Miss Sunshiny positive. It just means that I was thoughtful in how I behaved. Yes. And it sounds and like what I said. the way that you intend to be a mirror for others so that they can really see themselves and their true values and all that they are, that he was being that for you. It's like, don't forget who you are, Annie. That's such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Because even in the midst of something so heartbreaking and hurtful that any of, any of us can associate on our own career journeys, just to remember to kill him with grace, to, to never lose sight of who you are and what you're capable of, which reminds me of some of your favorite sayings. You have a, you have a lot of really, you have a lot of great ones, Annie. So one of them is to kill him with grace or kill him with kindness. And the example you just shared is a beautiful one. Another one that you have shared is if you need a friend, it's. If you need a friend, it's too late to make one. Mark Twain, <laughs> Mark Twain. And I love that one because what that means is if you decide to start networking and building relationships when you need people, you're basically using people. If you need a friend, it's too late to make one. In other words, build your network, work at your network, work at your relationships, nurture them. And part of nurturing them is exactly what we're talking about. Hey, will you talk to my kids, you know, my, my neighbor's kid who's, you know, graduating and is trying to get an internship? Yeah, I'll talk to them, you know? And that person will remember that you did that for them. The worst thing you can do is wait and call and say, hey, I haven't seen you in 10 years, but can you do A, yeah, B, and C for you me? And, it's like, and you know, what? I think that brings us back to the return on generosity. You're not yes. saying you only give so that you can get, but what you are saying is just like anything that's beautiful, it requires care and feeding and nurturing and attention. So what are some other benefits to generosity or returns on generosity? I feel good when I help other people and I see them um, doing well in their life. I do. When I see the people that have been on my teams now heading up teams themselves, and you know, I love that. I think there's been times when I built my business, people I had helped were the first ones out of the work to say, hey, what can I do for you? Another amazing example, Shannon, was when I was let go from that job and I was spiraling, trying to figure out what to do. And I thought there was a person in the cable industry, you know, I'll say his name, Rob Stoddard, who called me and said, hey, the show is going to be in Boston in, in two weeks. I'm going to give you a job. That way you can come to Boston. You can talk to everybody and you know, network away. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. So he gave me a job and I flew to Boston. I was able to start getting back on the saddle. Yes. Right. And it was like, That's wow. Awesome. And Rob Stoddard, you're right, is just another icon of generosity. I mean, just that's what breathing is for him, just like it is with you. And when you talk about having a cultivated network, like a group of people that you've invested in and you've contributed to and you've learned from and you've offered things to 
that's that's a tribe, that's a community who can support you when when you need it the most. What goes around comes around. And I'm talking years. I have deep relationships with people from my early 20s at Ogilvy Amada. We're still like there's probably 20 of us who still help each other. Okay, you have this pivot that will get you over here. I feel incredibly blessed to have the relationships I have. But there's a responsibility. To yes, for sure. Ways. It's like you yeah. said before about leadership. It's a privilege and an opportunity and it's a responsibility. Yeah. You're going to give our listeners right. one final gem, one more word of encouragement to be more generous. What would it be? Ultimately, we're all on earth, in my mind, to serve each other. And it feels a whole lot better to go through life being kind and generous and humane and helpful to our fellow humans than the opposite. And for me, it's been a great source of joy in my life. And I know once you start moving in that realm, it, it's, it's a game changer, not Absolutely. just at work, at, you know, just in your life. Oh my gosh, Annie, you are a treasure. I'm so grateful for you as a friend and a person. And I love sharing the journey with you. Thank you for investing in us. Well, and thank you for having me. I, lo- I love you very much. And I really appreciate you having me on here today. ROG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Annie shared so many nuggets of wisdom and insight. Here are three takeaway tips from the many that Annie shared. Number one, have truth tellers in your life. Two, be attentive to your tone and intent. Three, act with integrity always. Number one, truth tellers. Who are the people in your life who tell you the truth? The people who, although it may hurt and make you confront something about yourself you'd rather not confront, they help you to see it and they may even help you to deal with it. Who comes to mind? Annie said that we can find those people by paying attention to who is willing to be honest with us and who are we honest with who may reciprocate that generosity. Hey, it's easy, fun, and energizing to tell someone all the remarkable things that they're doing. It's scary, uncomfortable, and may be draining to share a truth about observations of behavior that's not remarkable. If you don't have anyone like that in your life, be curious about why. Is there something about your behavior or reaction that would prevent others from being honest? Or perhaps you've not yet invited others to be close enough to you to offer that level of support and partnership. And who are you willing to be the truth teller for? If no one comes to mind, think of the people closest to you. Now, framing this level of truth-telling as an act of generosity may be the motivation to serve in this way. Number two, pay attention to your tone and intent. Most people are well-intended. I agree with Annie. But sometimes the tone or operative word reduces the effectiveness or may even destroy our well-intended comment. So take, for example... You didn't say anything in the meeting at 10 a.m. today. Or you didn't say anything in the meeting at 10 a.m. today. The words, even the operative words, were exactly the same, but the tone created two totally different meanings and interpretations. The same is true or even worse with written communication. We risk negative interpretation when we put things in writing instead of speaking them. 
be mindful of your tone. So before you head off to offer feedback shortly after an incident that would warrant some, please, positive or constructive, first think about what you want to say. Like what was the behavior? What was the impact of that behavior? And then consider how you want to say it. How do you want to emphasize your point? Maybe send yourself a voicemail and hear how it sounds before delivering that feedback. The third and final takeaway tip is about integrity. Integrity is doing what's right when no one is watching. Integrity is choosing your thoughts and actions based on values rather than personal gain. Brene Brown defines integrity this way, choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. What's an example in your life recently where you chose courage over comfort? You chose what is right over what's fun. You chose practicing your values rather than just talking about them. And when did you choose comfort over courage? When did you prioritize what's fun, fast, and easy over what's right or say that you valued something and behaved the opposite? And how will you choose differently today? Like Annie reminded us, it's all about choice. Until next week, choose generosity, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.